Let me ask the question. Do you know what it feels like when something or someone tries to get your attention? Do you know what that feels like? Think about it on a regular morning for you when it's time for you to get up for school and you have that annoying little brother or sister or somebody that comes and gives you that rude awakening in the morning. You know what? Anyone knows that feels like? All right. It's, a, it's like a rude awakening, right? All of a sudden you're there enjoying your sleep. You know, you're just getting on that last part of that dream. And then somebody just all of a sudden comes to you and says, Shania, get up! Time to go to school. You know, the reality is, we also not need a rude awakening. In life, as we think about the wake-up calls, one of the greatest questions of existence is this. What is the meaning of life? And tonight, as we go and we're going to start for the next couple of weeks, we're going to go through Isaiah chapter 6. And we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 6. But first of all, before we look at Isaiah chapter 6, we need to recognize exactly what, who Isaiah is. Do we know who Isaiah was or is? Who's Isaiah? Anyone know? He was a what? A prophet, right? He has a book in the Bible, Isaiah, you know, so we know that. He was also the person who was called to bring the message to the Israelites and to Israel that they would repent. And he kept on telling them, as we see in Isaiah chapter 1, 11 to 13, Isaiah 1, 16 to 20, that Isaiah brought the message for, them, for the Israel to repent, but they rejected it. So Isaiah goes through life, and like I said, he was a prophet. We're going to look at Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. It says this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. And most of us have heard this story. Most of us have heard this before in Scripture. And the first point we look at is this. Trust in God is learned when we go through troubling times. You know, sometimes as we think of life, we need wake-up calls. Think for a second, on, in two days, it's going to be what? Anyone know? Sunday, but it's going to be a, a date that people will probably never forget on the anniversary. 9-11. 15 years from 9-11. And it's sad that some of you probably, some of y'all weren't born yet. But I'm sure we've all heard of 9-11, right? We all know what 9-11 is. We've seen the documentaries. We all know what it was. And for us who was alive... We can all tell you where we were when 9-11 hit and what we were doing. Well, I, I should say, I know I could. And I just remember looking at the stories and looking at it and, you know, everyone's just wondering what in the world is going on. Because we never in our, my lifetime never experienced nothing like that. It was a wake-up call for America, wake-up call for the world. And let me ask the question, what did the world do when this happened, the United States especially, what did they do? A lot of them did what? A lot of them turned to God. A lot of them because they, they didn't know exactly what to do. They didn't, have no, they didn't know what in the world are we going to do. And they turned to God. You see, when we go through troubling times, it can lead us to sometimes even have a distorted view of God. Because sometimes when we go in through those times of trouble, we don't even want to, sometimes we don't even think of God. Imagine you for a second. Somebody dies in your family. 
It's a rough time. Sometimes you don't even want to hear, you know, somebody come to you and, you know, say comforting words like, you know what, God knows about it. God is there. It's rough, right? It gets rough sometimes. And sometimes we think, well, my view of God right now isn't the best. Because why would God allow that person to die? Why wouldn't he take someone else's life? Because that person's close to me. And you see Isaiah's going through this because it's talking about in the year King Uzziah died. And you see he's going through a troubling time, but yet his view of God changes. You see, his view of God, as he saw it, it really, he saw a big God. A God that is there, a God that is worthy to be worshipped. Which brings us to the second point. God does not waste the pain in our lives. You see, when we go through trials, when we go through tribulation, when we go through these problems in life, God is not going to waste it. God's not going to waste it. You see, when we go through those times, we become more dependent on God. We become more, you know, that God is there. We need him. The reality is, as we think of awakening a generation, the point is we need God to wake us up. You need God to wake you up. As we look around this world, what do we see? Chaos. All we see is chaos. We don't know where we're going to turn. You know, we think between the United States and the Bahamas, we think to ourselves, you know, we think of the United States and we look at elections and everyone's wondering, well, who am I going to vote for? We look at the Bahamas and we think the same thing. What are we going to do? The question is, why don't we just turn to God? Why don't we go to God? Because you know what? God has the answer. God knows exactly what we need at the right time. You see, the problem for us on this side of the world is that when persecution and pain comes, what do we normally do? What do we normally do when pain and persecution come? We what? We run away from it. We go the opposite direction because you know what? We don't want to deal with that. But when we look at it around the world, we see people that go through persecution and pain and suffering for the sake of Jesus Christ. But we sometimes are so caught up in ourselves that in our little small schools, we don't even want to take a, take a stand for Christ. Because we're worried about what our friends are going to say. We're worried about what our friends are going to think. You know, what are they going to call me? A Jesus freak? Is something wrong with me? I'm a goody two-shoes, whatever they call me. You know, we're scared sometimes. As we think of the next part of this verse in Isaiah 6, we see 6.1b, and it says, It's sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Now, let me ask a question. When you think of an angel, what do you think of? Sometimes we think of this little angel on top of the Christmas tree, and this nice little shiny angel, and, you know, this little bright angel, you know, and, like, angels look kind of soft. Like, that's what we think, Right? I want you to read verse 2 for a second. Read it out loud. Now, does that look like any, like, simple-looking angel? What does that look like to you? 
What, I mean, what, what do you think when you see that? Six wings, you know, like he's covering what? His face. You recognize why he's covering his face, right? Why is he covering his face? Hmm? He can't look. Right? He can't look at who? God on the throne. You see, the angels, they see themselves. They see that, you know what? We're not worthy. We're not even worthy. It's all about his glory. I mean, come on, six wings? Imagine, I always just, when I read that, I think to myself, you know, because like I said, in our Christmas production and stuff, we try to get them little foil wings, and you come on the stage and be like, hi, it's good, glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth and goodwill to men. We don't, you know, that's how we look at angels. But that's not what we're seeing here. We're seeing some serious dudes here. Six wings, two covering their face, two covering their feet, and two they fly with. That's a serious thing. You see, what happens here is that they're seeing the correct view of God. They're recognizing that, you know what? I see myself and I look at God. I see the person that I am. It's just like me and you in our lives. When we see God who, for who he is, we see who we are. We see sinful, no good, human beings who didn't want nothing to do with God, but only by the grace of God that he wants anything to do with us. You see, sometimes we need to get back to that point that we recognize that, you know what? It's all a gift of God's grace. We didn't earn it. We couldn't go to the food store and buy that. It was a free gift. How many of y'all like free? I like free. Okay? I like free. That's what God has, God has given us. He's given us a free gift of grace. Because his son already paid the price. He already paid the debt. You see, we need to recognize, we need this wake-up call. As we think of verses 3 and 4, we also see their response. And it says this, And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. What does holy mean? What does holy mean? And you know what holy means? Magnified, all right. Anyone else? What you, you said? Sanctified. What does sanctified mean? Let's use it. Set apart. Set apart. It means that set apart. There's nothing that compares. God is holy, holy, holy. The whole earth is full of his glory. You know, we, we, have, these pe we have people who say that there is no God. I want to read you some, some facts about the majesty of God. And I'm no scientist or nothing like that. I'm no creationist. I don't have none of that stuff. But this is some facts that I found. The sun, an average size star, is a million times the size of the earth. If I'm wrong in any of this, please let me know. And I'll tell Google they were wrong. All right? The sun itself is 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It takes only seconds for the light to reach the earth 93,000 miles away. A million times the size of earth. If the earth was the size of a golf ball, the sun would be 15 feet in diameter. 
960,000 Earths could fit in the sun. All right? That's what, that's what it said. That's how insignificant we are on this earth compared to the glory of God. The sun is just one of billions of stars in the Milky Way, which one of hundreds of billions of galaxies in the universe. Psalm 36, um, 33, 6 and 9 says, The Lord merely spoke when the heavens were created. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. He assigned the sea its boundaries and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. For the whole, they let the whole earth fear the Lord and everyone stand in awe of him. For when he spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command. You see, we need to recognize worship is not about us. It's about giving God what he deserves. He deserves our praise. He, deser he deserves to be honored and glorified. You know, when we sit and think of, of the island we live in, you know, and I know, you know, the song that always comes to my mind when I think of those verses is Nicole Mullen, Redeemer. You know, who told the ocean when to stop? Who told, I mean, how did that stop? Don't worry, I won't sing because I'll mess that song right up for anyone who ever heard that song again. But guess what? We worship a God who's bigger than anything. He created all things. He deserves our praise. Let's bring us to the third point. God's holiness leads to hope. When we sit and think of there's nothing around us and we're struggling and we think to ourselves, what are we going to do? We have a God who's sitting on the throne that is watching us, who's in control, who's sovereign over everything that we see. You see, when 9-11 hit, it wasn't that God was off the throne. He's still on the throne. When a hurricane hits, it doesn't mean that God's off the throne. He's still on the throne. Whatever happens in life, he's still on the throne. And because of that, we can have hope that we have a God that is bigger than anything that we ever face. You see, we need awakening. We need to recognize how sinful we are. Ephesians 1.21 says this, Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in the world but also in the world to come. You see, Christ, God himself, is on the throne. He's there. He's always going to be there. He's always available to us. How will you respond to the presence of God? In our hurts, how are you going to respond? How are you going to respond as you think of God as caring for you? Or are you sleepwalking in life? You know, I want you to think, I know some of you, I never watched it, but you watched that show, what is the show called? I know a lot of you watch it. It comes on A&E. With the zombies? It comes on A&E? Does it come on A&E? The Walking Dead, right? How many of y'all like that show? All right. I never watched it, so I don't know. But the reality is, a lot of people are walking dead on this earth. They just walk in, they're going through motions. They have no hope. They just sleepwalking. How many of you ever saw someone sleepwalk? Anyone ever saw someone sleepwalk? How many of you sleepwalk? All right. Let me ask a question. What's the worst thing they tell you to do to a sleepwalker? Don't what? Don't wake them up, right? If you try to wake up someone who's sleepwalking, you might get punched. All right? You might 
get kicked. You might, something's going to happen to you. They tell you don't, never wake them up. They usually just tell you to talk to them and tell them, go back to sleep, go back to bed. But you know what the point is? The point is there's a lot of you who are sleepwalking. There's a lot of you who just go through motions. You're just taking up time on this earth with no purpose. You see Isaiah, when he saw, and as he sees the vision, and he sees, he says, the angels say, holy, holy, holy. It's the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. You know, I think about that. They could have stopped at just one holy. But they just had to continue. Because God is worthy of all our praise. He's worthy of everything in our lives. You see, many people do not want a holy God or a suffering Savior. Because when they think of that, they think to themselves, well, God, you know, he's not as strong as he was. He's not as strong as he is. Because you know what? He could have changed his earth all the way he wanted. But you know what? It was part of his plan to send his son to die for us. He could have done another way, but that was his plan. And if you're here tonight and you don't know Christ as your Savior, talk to one of our leaders. If you want a relationship with this holy God and you want to experience a relationship with this holy God for the very first time, talk to us so that we can tell you more about this holy God and that you would get a true awakening in life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Father, we thank you that you're a God of forgiveness. Father, when we mess up, you're there for us. You're, you're the God when the storms of life hit us. You're the God when things are going good. Father, I thank you that you're still on the throne. Father, I pray that if there's one here that doesn't know you, say they will come to know you. That they would truly experience this God for the very first time. And that they would have a true awakening. Father, I pray that you would continue to be with us as we go into our groups, that you would be honored in our discussion. We thank you and we praise you for everything you've done in Jesus' name. Amen.